Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the We Got Balls podcast. My name is Steve Trudeau. Today, I am joined by my one co-host, Michael Almeida. How are you, buddy? I'm doing terrible today, Stephen, because our other co-host has left us. <laughs> Mike, can I do, today? I do the sound to hear you every time. Ready? Oh, yeah. Woo! <laughs> That's right. Noah Manuel Pacheco today, our third co-host. He had a terrible accident. I am not sure if he's still living. I'm hoping thoughts and prayers to Manuel and his family. But actually, what happened to him, Mike? You have a better idea. I really... No, I don't. <laughs> I just, I know that on our chat, we got a picture, which we never saw his face. We only saw a knee. So are you alleging it's someone else's knee? I'm assuming it is. And you know what? If he was man enough to show up today to let us know, or at least maybe pop in, you know, we would know it was truly him. He told us that he fell off of a scooter and hurt his knee. He got a boo-boo. And he can't come on today because it hurts too much. And he take in mind, I think he sent this to us on Saturday or Sunday. It was <laughs> earlier in the week for sure. He's still out with a with a scratched knee. And also, he said as an excuse, he's uh, too hopped up on drugs. And let me say this right off the bat: if you're hopped up on drugs, you need to be on this podcast because it's way more entertaining when you're not in the right state of mind. Am I right, Mikey? Well, I don't think in Canada they have the Dare program like we get. <laughs> Go <laughs> up doing Trudeau. So that's probably well. I I googled ten craziest stunts ever, and number three used to be Evil Knievel Snake River Canyon Jump in 1974, but now it's been switched to a manual's baby jump. They they're calling it <laughs> 2021. So good job, Emmanuel. You I made do have the a list. question for him, and I wish he was here to ask him this question. I'm wondering, was it an electric scooter that he fell off of and got hurt? Or was it just a regular like Razor scooter that you had as a kid in the park? Because I've ridden one of those electric scooters. And to his defense, if it's one of those, those things can go very fast. I rode one all over Atlanta because that's kind of how they get around. They have like the bird scooters. And they go up to like 15 miles per hour. So if it was that and he fell off at that rate of speed, I understand why he might not be here today. No, let me paint a picture of what happened, Steve. Okay. So Emmanuel's drinking his orange, orange Julia's, riding his scooter down the block when he is stopped by this girl that looks familiar. She's about 12 years old. She says, Hey, buddy, I'm the kid you stole the PS5 from. <laughs> <laughs> and then three more female and maybe one male. Canadian children come out of the woodwork and beat the crap out of him. (laughs) And that's what happens. So are you alleging that he did not fall off of a scooter, but in fact he was jumped by like three or four 12-year-olds while he was riding a scooter around town? That's exactly what I'm saying. That's the only... That is way more plausible than his story was. (laughs) I don't believe ever since he lied about the circle, (laughs) I just died, you know? I can't give him the benefit of the doubt. Not only yeah. doing he he canceled on us literally twelve minutes before the show started. Mm-hmm. Highly <laughs> suspicious. Is it because he has a black eye from a twelve-year-old? Possibly. <laughs> show your face, Emmanuel Pacheco. Show I, your face. We have two people watching, so he's definitely watching. <laughs> he's not. He's he's in hiding right now. 
He's well, when hiding. he comes back on next week with the remnants of a black eye, we know exactly where it came from. Isn't that right? <laughs> We're going to have to get a bounty hunter on him. <laughs> Call up dog. After he's done in Florida, dog, come help us find what's going on with the manual. Oh, but, um, man. I want to start in a fun place today because we were talking before the show about Halloween because it's coming around the corner. I mean, we're about to hit October, end of October's Halloween. Do you have any costume ideas yet yourself for Halloween, Mikey? I did the same thing every year. I And I have like a legitimate, like great costume. It's Rick Rhymes from The Walking Dead. Oh my God. And I got like, a, and I've been adding pieces ever since. So I have like the real sheriff hat, you know, my wife lets me use her Ray-Bans and then I have like a real like gun holster <laughs> and instead of a gun, I put uh, lollipops in there and hand it out to the kids while I walk downtown. That's nice. So what about yourself, Steve? What are, what are you going to? So this year we have a little one. So it's the three of us and we're going to go with a theme, a family theme for Halloween. We're going with Bob's Burgers as a theme. <laughs> so I'm going to be Bob Belcher. I'm going to shave the beard into a very finely groomed mustache get the chef's apron every i mean it's, it's a pretty simple outfit uh my wife already has all the linda stuff and then we're gonna buy a little burger outfit for the baby so she'll be a little burger so that's the plan for this year that's awesome what uh when you used to go trick-or-treating because you have a brother and a sister did you ever go with them or just by yourself oh yeah we'd always go as a family so like obviously you know us three with one of the parents or both Always the funnest time of year, man. We love trick-or-treating. You obviously have to hit up the most houses. When you knew which house gave out the, the full-size candies, you'd obviously have to go there. And also, if you gave out candy corn, you can go to hell. Pretty simple. <laughs> Me and Danny Mitchell one year, it was actually pretty genius. We went two days after Halloween. So we got a bunch of candy, and then we got everybody's leftover candy. And they were oh, just yeah. so willing to give it to us. Uh I, we didn't even dress up then either. It was just how much candy your could face you get. was just scary enough. Oh yeah, I'm that, sorry, man. I love you. I'm just kidding. No, that, that you, I do horrible. have a question, though. Follow up question about the Halloween trick or treating. When you were a kid, because I feel like there's two types of parents in this world. When you came back from trick or treating, did your parents take your bag and ration your candy, or was it like you earned that candy? It's a free for all. Whenever you want to have that candy, you can have that candy. <laughs> I grew up with a dad who started his own business. So you do the hard work, you keep your earnings. It's just that simple. <laughs> what about yourself? No, I'm, I'm with you, man. We we got to have a free for all on the candy. Which what was your great. What was your best costume as a kid? Oof. I need a second to think about that. So if you have one for yourself, please please go ahead. I had like an obsession at one point with Zorro. <laughs> I remember having a Zorro costume, and that thing was pretty cool. And then, of course, the Power Rangers. I can remember two. I can remember two costumes. I was a Power Ranger one year, one year, which was good. Um, which weirdly enough, I was the Yellow Ranger. <laughs> you were the girl. Yeah, the the, the Asian girl, of course. Hey, and, hey, uh, hey, rest in peace, Trina. She died at yeah. a young age. And then also, one of my favorite ones was I had the Scream costume. That if you pumped the thing, it like gushed blood oh, down your yeah. face. So that's a good one. That's that a was, good one. That was popular in fifth grade. Like before a, before we get off the Halloween thing, I know you said you've been doing like the Rick Grimes every year. Before that, like what is your favorite Halloween costume that you wore of all time? I had to be the Green Power Ranger. That was like my favorite one. There's nothing better as an adult like, oh, this was so so clever or like really done up. Or are you just going way back to the kid days? 
I was Justin Bieber when he first started. Oh, <laughs> that one was pretty because I work with kids, so it was actually yeah. pretty funny to do to do that. But besides that, yeah, no, I really that Rick Grimes one is all it's comfortable. You can wear jeans and it like a long sleeve white shirt. It's like the perfect going out and stuff like that. Why? Wow, what's yours? So obviously, I brought it up because I have one that I'm per- fairly proud of. It wasn't the most creative costume, but it was a hell of a lot of fun. So one year I dressed up as a preacher. I had the full like garb with, you know, the preacher uh, collar on. I had a Bible. I had the rosary beads as well. Um, And this was in college. So obviously I was up to no good as a preacher. And I would literally go around parties like reading fake sermons about drinking booze and titties and stuff. Just all sorts of blasphemous shit. I'm definitely going to hell now after all of that. But it was super fun just like blessing random ass people like the blood of, you know, you know, like the bought the water, the holy water. Yeah. Like four loco. I'd just be throwing four loco on people like you're blessed. Yeah, let's rage. So that was a memorable one that obviously I took that one way out of hand. I'm definitely going to hell for that. But it was fun, to say the least. And I did. I, I won't go there. I won't go there. Yeah, I just end it there. <laughs> yeah. I, was, <laughs> I, was gonna say, I didn't do some other things. Priest do. But uh, moving on, you wanted to talk today a little bit about Ben Simmons because that was the news of the sporting week um, in the NBA, right? Well, see, I'm let down because we have an insider with the 76ers and he's not here. Yeah. Emmanuel claims to have a very personal connection with Dale Morey, and uh, he's yet to to get back to us on that one. <laughs> I think maybe he he saw that him like in passing and he's like, oh, yeah, we're best friends now, me and Dale. <laughs> Daryl Morey asked him to get him a drink. <laughs> he confused Emmanuel as, as a waiter and requested a cocktail, and now they're best friends, apparently. Oh, man. Yeah, tell me more about Ben Simmons, though. <clears throat> what do you want to know about Ben Simmons? Exactly what's going on with him or just you know his personal life? His favorite color. Then <laughs> let's, let's go on to why he picked the number he did in basketball. No, I want to know what's... Why is he being annoying about staying with the 76ers? Well, he does not want to stay with the 76ers, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah, I don't think he's being super annoying. Like I get his point of view. He wants out of the 76ers. At this point, he's refusing to go to training camp. He's not talking to anyone from the team. Apparently, 76ers players wanted to come visit him or like, you know, Doc Rivers and kind of like chat, chat him up and be like, hey, come back. And he's just like, nah, I'm not having any of this. And this is after the team went out of their way and tried to trade him in the offseason to no luck. Um, the GM of the 76ers, Dale Morey, it sounds like he was asking way, 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 way too much um, in return for Ben Simmons, and a trade never happened. So from from my, you know, my view of the situation is it's like a bad relationship, right? Both sides see that it's a bad relationship. They both agree, like, let's part ways. Ben Simmons, like, yeah, it's not going to work. 76ers, yeah, it's not going to work. They try to find a match for Ben Simmons. And then the 76ers is like that person in the relationship is just like, I'm going to go find someone better than you. (laughs) And then they found no one better than them. They're like, hey, you want to work this out for a little while? And Ben Simmons is like, we done broke up. Like, (laughs) it's over. Like, let's move on. So in my, my assessment of situation is like, yes, I get it. Ben Simmons is being a little you know what, for not showing up and blowing off his teammates, but the relationships had ended. And to act like nothing happened at this point 
it doesn't make any sense on the 76ers part. They got to trade him. Let's move on. Where do you see him? So right now they're trading low, right? That's what it comes down to. Because teams know that he wants out. If he doesn't show up, then you're basically got Embiid. They still have Tobias Harris. Yes. So that would be your second option. Not that Ben Simmons is really an option shooting-wise. Um, so ultimately, I see where Daryl Morey is coming from. What if you trade him with another disgruntled star? Is there anybody else that could fit into... Is there a perfect match right now out there or no? So we'll get to like the potential destinations in a moment. But I think the biggest problem is this, right? And as a Magic fan, we both know if you are moving on, like moving out a superstar or a star player, a very good player, you're usually a team that's tanking. Like you're clearing house, you're moving out. And when you're that team, what do you want in return? I want some future possibility all-stars, stars, someone. Right, draft so picks. <laughs> you want draft picks, you want young prospects. But the problem with the situation is the 76ers were the number one seed in the East last year. They're a very good basketball team. They have championship aspirations. They want someone that's ready to win now in, a, in return. So to find another team that wants to trade a win-now player for a win-now player, if you want to consider a Ben Simmons a win-now player, it becomes very difficult. Um. So I, I look at some of the possibilities and, you know, just at the, the, the odds of who would, you know, trade for Ben Simmons, um, you know, DraftKings and uh, FanDuel have, you know, their trade, their odds. You can bet on this actually where he ends up and the, the three leading candidates, the Timberwolves, the Rockets and the Kings, all teams that really don't want to win now. Um, and it's just perplexing to me a little bit because what are you going to get in return, right? So the problem with Ben Simmons in Philadelphia is, you know, I know people hate on Ben Simmons and they hate him, right? Because he can't shoot. But there are things that part of his game that he's really good at. He's a great, great, great defender. He can probably guard one through four. No problem. He was top three for a defensive player of the year last year. Um, He can finish around the rim. He can pass. I understand that he's really bad at the shooting aspect, but he's still a very valuable as, uh, piece. I think the problem that in Philadelphia, it just doesn't work with him and Embiid because they both need to live in the paint. <clears throat> but if you look at some of these other teams, the Timberwolves, it could kind of work there. They're the odds-on favorite to get Ben Simmons at plus 400 right now. If you pair him with a guy like Carl Anthony Towns, I watch a lot of Timberwolves basketball because I'm a sicko <laughs> like that. Towns almost would prefer to live out in the in the three-point line. He is actually super proficient from three. The team would work well if you traded like a D'Angelo Russell, maybe, and get Ben Simmons in return. But I think the 76ers would, would want more than that. I don't know if you like that fit at all. I like it from an athletic standpoint, and it matches up well for the Timberwolves. I don't see it playing the same favorable matchups for okay so if they got russell would that make them better than where they are now and i don't think it does so Is that i fair? agree with you i think that if you look at the from a one-on-one value d'angelo russell ben simmons ben simmons is a more valuable basketball player however d'angelo d'angelo russell fits what the 76ers want to do better so let me say this so it would take more probably in my opinion i know people like i get like i said People listening to the podcast are going to say, Ben Simmons, he sucks. He can't shoot. 
He's worth nothing. I get it. He melted down in the playoffs last year, right? Career, his free throw percentage is um, 560, so it's much better than... I mean, that's a pretty bad free throw percentage. Yeah, it's pretty bad. (laughs) But it's better than what he did in the playoffs, all right? And what he brings defensively and as far as like an interior presence, it's amazing, all right? Um, But back to my other point. So people are going to say, oh, just do D'Angelo Russell for Simmons straight up or like, you know, some mediocre trade that's not going to be enough so the timberwolves would have to trade russell maybe malik beasley and omnis honestly they would probably have to send a couple draft picks which doesn't help the 76ers now but if you involve a third team you could then forward some of those draft picks somewhere else to add more more players so i think that while russell is not enough one-on-one he's a better fit with a guy like Embiid because russell is a volume shooter he might be inefficient but he's willing to shoot from deep He's he can play the pick and roll, so that would work well with with Embiid. Who's running the point right now for the 76ers if they don't have Ben Simmons? Shake Milton, maybe. So that's not good. So you would you would you would assume that the 76ers are gonna want a point guard or a ball handler back. I mean, you could try to maybe put the ball in Tobias Harris's hand, but that's not kind of his game. He's more of a no. get, get yourself a bucket. What about any of the, like, and this is just spitballing here. What about like the Clippers or the, I know at one point there was a trade that didn't go through, which was to the Golden State Warriors, right? So I do want to get to the Warriors. And I just want to uh, mention a comment that was in the Reddit chat about, yeah, you know, Towns is a three-point specialist. Is It's just underutilizing his skills, which I agree. You still want to work Towns interior. But as far as the big man goes, he might be the best three-point shooter like as a, as a big. Let me, let me rephrase that. He might be the best three-point shooter that can also work inside. So he, he is, for, as an interior big man, he's super skilled from deep. So I think if you're going to pair Ben Simmons with anyone as a big, Towns is probably your perfect, perfect match. Um, as far as you were saying, the Warriors, Mikey, right? Yeah. So... I'm looking at the odds right now. Warriors are the fifth best odds at plus 800 to make a trade for Ben Simmons. But my question to you is, who would you trade if you were the Warriors away from your team to get Ben Simmons? Well, you know they're not going to go with Wiggins. <laughs> so that's out. They're not going to trade Clay. Uh, Clay. They're not trading Clay Thompson. No, no, no. I'm thinking Green wouldn't be a fit, right? Yeah, so looking at the roster, the three, the four players that have a salary that would actually work with this trade, Steph Curry, not getting traded. Not happen. Clay Thompson, I don't think he's going. No. For, for Ben Simmons, because, I mean, you got to keep playing Steph together. And then you have Andrew Wiggins, which I want a, a straight-on one-on-one trade you would never want. It's, it's just a lose-lose there. And then Draymond Green, which if you're trying to create more space by getting rid of Ben Simmons, I mean, Draymond Green can't shoot anymore. So you're you're just trading Ben Simmons for Ben Simmons. So it doesn't make sense to me there. Yeah, I think that what what's the fourth team <laughs> in so the middle? Just to just to go down. So it was Timberwolves, Rockets. Again, Rockets don't make sense to me because the Rockets don't have any pieces for the 76ers to win now. And then the Kings after that, kind of intriguing. Um, they have some guys that can space the floor. They have guys that are potential trade trade assets to the 76ers. Um, Fox, De'Aaron Fox. 
Buddy you, you think they'd get Fox from? I'd, I'd rather have Fox. It's an interesting conversation because Fox is absolutely a better scoring option. But defensively, I mean, I know, listen, Ben Simmons has played all but four seasons now, right? He's a three-time All-Star, two-time All-Defense, one-time All-NBA. He's supremely talented, all right? I know that he has some some issues on the offensive end, but if you trade him for Fox, you're having a huge upgrade on a defense. I don't think they trade him for Fox, though. People are loving the whole healed for um, Ben Simmons thing. I don't think the value works out there. And then Halliburton, I just don't think it works out. Just not enough. Halliburton's a really good young point guard, shooting guard for them. I think the Kings are out. Here's one that's interesting, and I want to get your opinion on this. Wait, wait, wait. Before you get to that opinion, I think, just hear me out, I think Fox would do it. I think the uh, Philadelphia fans would absolutely be behind Fox. Like, I think that he's so confident and he's like one of those guys that like work really, really hard. I think that that could be a good fit, at least if he could get to Philadelphia. Like, that's oh, no. a good guy to have. I, I agree. I think if you could make the trade and get De'Aaron Fox to pair with Joel Embiid in Philadelphia, match made in heaven. I love it. I just, I just don't think the Kings are ready to part ways with the guy that young that they really like that they developed himself. I do have an interesting scenario for you. I think this I'm going to I'm going to go on record right now. And this is how I think the trade's going to work out. I think Ben Simmons is gone. I think he goes the, to the Toronto Raptors. This is what I was thinking. This is why I'm not having an Emmanuel. I was like that would be like he would go to a place that's not going to shit on him every night and is going to work him out and they love that athletic type of player. So this is what I'm thinking. So as soon as the Raptors drafted a guy named Scotty Barnes with their fourth overall pick, our good friend and basketball correspondent Seamus texted me. He says, that's the nail in the coffin with the Siakam thing. Scotty Barnes, Siakam are way too similar. They were thinking about moving on from Siakam. Siakam's gone. You send Siakam with maybe an, another young player that can fill some positions to the 76ers, get Ben Simmons back. Clearly, the Raptors are in a rebuild mode now. Um, in Siakam, they already had the replacement in Toronto. I don't think Siakam was the perfect fit with Philadelphia, but he's an improvement as far as he has a better balanced game. He can play and stretch the floor a little bit with Joel Embiid. So I love that fit. I, I think the Raptors are going to be the one that makes this trade. Who? Okay, let's say you're Daryl Morey now, though. Let's say that trade does go through. Who handles the ball? Do you go get a veteran point guard like uh Derek Fisher esque, someone that can just manage? Not, I know that not Derek, but yeah, you know, know what I'm saying? Like someone, someone on the last nature. legs, yeah, that wants to stay in the association while getting a chance to get some of that nice playoff. Yeah, I sake. think, I think what you do is if you did trade away Simmons and got Siakam you probably still start Shake Milton which listen he's not terrible he's a, he's a solid player in the NBA but you don't give him like starter minutes you give him like 25 minutes and you have a, like a couple other guys rotate in and uh and, and eat up like 10 minutes at a time so I, I I don't think there's like a once one fit option there unless they're willing to trade a bunch of draft, draft assets to go to a tanking team maybe get like a John Wall which I don't think his contract would work out 
but find someone who wants to just unload unload salary. Another option is that bringing that up is possibly Atlanta. Him going like, to Atlanta. They have enough talent to make the trade happen. It makes them better. I don't know who exactly you can pinpoint, but I would love to see Trey play beside a defensive animal like Simmons. I'm just trying to like ponder how that would work out, how that would look. Because I, you you would have to play Simmons off ball, which to me, honestly, I think Simmons is better off playing off ball and being kind of like uh a rim runner sort of player, maybe work under work under the under the hoop as much as possible and get the ball out of his hands. Um, I'm trying to think who you'd have to send out in order to make that work. I don't know if they are re-signed John Collins. I think they did. I just I don't think that worked with 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 John Collins and Clint Capella already being there and two guys that already work primarily under the rim. I don't think that would work, but I like the idea. Yeah, it's just it's tough because, like I said. If he was that, you're selling low, no matter how you look at it, right? Like, unless you're Daryl Morey, because the thing is, yeah, he had a terrible playoffs, Ben Simmons, and clearly teams are going to force the hands of the 76ers because they know they are selling and they want him them to sell low. But Daryl Morey is refusing to sell low, so I don't know what happens first. Do you just bite the bullet, and keep him on the roster? Or do you just sell low and just say, we got to get this thing done out of here? Because he's not coming back. He made that very clear. No, and you don't want that around the locker room. And then every single night, when is Ben Simmons coming? When is Ben? You're seeing it with the Packers right now. I know that Daryl Morey brought that up <laughs> at his latest press conference saying, hey, listen, it's kind of like an Aaron Rodgers situation. <laughs> you know, um, I just think that you could possibly find, maybe you also talk to the, not the, best you know strategic teams like the chicago bulls we've seen them do some silly uh trades lately and or maybe you call a new orleans who's kind of that mid-tier team Mm -hmm. that is kind of vying for a playoff spot so maybe this could be the push and you get that young player that you know could kill it for you i i don't i don't know enough about what's went on with free agency i've been a bad basketball fan this past off season but um you know there doesn't seem like there's a bunch of choices and you want to stay packed with the bucks and the nets too and miami you know i don't know how you do that without getting another stud you're just when we lost dwight howard in orlando it was very similar right it was like who are we getting here <laughs> And hopefully one of them hit, you know, Vucevic was the guy that technically hit. He was an all-star, but in the NBA, it's hard to find those all-stars. So you bring up a lot of good points. It's just really tough with Ben Simmons because he is a once in a lifetime player as far as like what he can do at that size and his athleticism, but he has such holes in his game that you question if you can win with a guy like that. And I think the biggest knock on him is that, repeatedly you've heard from their front office in Philadelphia or like, you know, not their front office, but like, you know, beat writers or whatnot is that he just doesn't work hard. And that's the problem. Like if you're going to have a guy that's not going to buy in, I don't know what you can do with that. I mean, a guy like Giannis has the same sort of limitations offensively. 
as Ben Simmons, but Giannis works at his craft. He tries, he gets better. And the biggest thing, Mikey, and I don't think people talk about this enough, I think there's a difference between being bad at shooting and not wanting to shoot, right? So if you're bad at shooting, at least you're attempting and there's a threat there. Like Giannis, he's a bad three-point shooter. He's a bad free-throw shooter, right? Yeah. But he will still try to take those threes and he'll still drive to the rim and take those fouls. And teams have to respect that on the defensive side. They have to respect that he will pull up. Ben Simmons, they're going to sag back into the paint. They're not worried about him even pulling up because they know he's scared shitless. That's the biggest thing is that mentally he just is afraid to do it. And if he can get over that hump and actually just start putting in the effort and taking some of these shots and just being confident in his game, you might see different Ben Simmons. And you know what? To be fair, Mikey, Philadelphia... I don't know if these people listening to the podcast ever been to Philadelphia. Those are some mean MFers in Philadelphia. So maybe they have the jitters in Philadelphia. I mean, our guy Markel Fultz was an absolute train wreck in Philadelphia. Granted, now that he's in Orlando, he's not some type of superstar player that you'd expect to have a first overall pick. But he's taken some steps forward that he's out of that market. So who knows? Maybe you get him out of that environment. Ben Simmons might become a totally different player. I'm looking at the free agents that are left on the board from the NBA, and <laughs> unless they want to go with like Wellesley Matthew, uh, what was it? Wellesley Matthews. Matthews. Yeah. Um, there's not much here to go on when it comes to the point guard position left, and that sucks because you know they actually have a window of being a team that could win a championship. So. They're going to have to figure this out, though. Like, imagine being a 76ers fan and being like, all right, who do we have playing the point? Imagine being playing. a 76ers fan and your team being bad for so long and trusting the process, and all you got out of it is all <laughs> Trust the process. It did not work. How many people, how many first picks do they have? They picked Fultz. They picked uh, uh, Noel. Remember when they picked it? Noel? Noel. Yeah. yeah. That didn't work out so well. Um, They're batting like 250. Joel Embiid, I can say confidently, he worked out. Yeah, and that was probably the most questionable out of all of them. Yeah, actually, the foot injury. Yeah, they were really worried about that, and it's like, oh, man. The NBA is so hard. Like, I, I really, if you have an amazing scout in the NBA, you better treat him or her like a king or a queen right now. Well, if you're a Raptors fan, I think you'd say that it's all about player development because they don't always have the highest picks, but they find a way to turn these second-round picks, late first-round picks, into valuable players. Uh, you know, it's it's a unique thing. But I think basketball, we've talked about it. Like, they did a good job this year where you have two teams, you know, the Suns and the Bucks make the finals. Like, that was good for the game. And, you know, the Clippers were up there, so that was good too. Like teams that haven't been there as much, like ever, <laughs> with the Bucks and the Suns. Like, wasn't this the Suns' only second trip to the championship? I believe so. Yeah, and they have not won yet. And I will say, if you are a fan of the NBA, uh, we're not going to get too into the season just now. But a couple weeks, we're going to have Sheamus on. I think he said October thirteenth. You know, the, one of those Mondays before the NBA season starts. We'll have a big basketball show. We'll talk about the entire NBA landscape going into this season and kind of break stuff down. 
So if you're really into basketball, hang on for that one. We got you there. Um, did you want to talk about some of the stuff as far as what's going on with San Francisco and New York as far as the NBA and vaccine stuff is concerned? You know, why don't we, we can dabble. <laughs> we can yeah. dabble a bit. I don't think it needs a ton of time, but I just, I thought people should be aware of what's going on because it's a pretty fascinating scenario. Um, so the NBA, they don't have the authority to say you need to get vaccinated if you're a player. Um, this stuff is collectively bargained and the NBA player association is, is pretty powerful with this stuff. If it's not written in the contract, they're not going to budge, regardless if it's good for good for the players or not. I mean, it's just a power a power struggle type of issue right here. But um, the city of San Francisco in the city of New York has a law written that if you're in an indoor concert, um, restaurant, that sort of thing, maybe a gym, athletic facility, you need to have a vaccination to go in there and do whatever you got to do. Well, that actually extends to the players themselves as well. So players of the Golden State Warriors, the New York Knickerbockers, and the Brooklyn Nets all need to have vaccination before entering the arena. The New York Knicks, good on you guys, 100% vaccination rate, no issues there. Golden State Warriors, Mr. Andrew Wiggins, and the Brooklyn Nets, Kyrie Irving, both have not been vaccinated. Therefore, when it comes to their home games, they will not be allowed inside the arena. And in fact, I believe yesterday, uh, Monday, Kyrie Irving had to do a you know preseason media day, and he was not allowed inside the arena to do the media day. So they're being very strict about this. They are not bending because it's not the NBA rule. It's the local precinct rule, local authority. This might become a problem because Andrew Wiggins has refused to become vaccinated. He cited religious exemptions. And that was actually denied by the NBA today. Kyrie Irving, don't know what that guy's going to be doing. He's a, he's a head case in itself. So we might have a scenario where there's two players who miss half of their season games because they're not not allowed to play at home. I, it's it's bananas, man. I don't know what to say about this. Do they get paid if they miss games? Because in baseball, you still get paid. <laughs> Yeah, that's a great question. I don't know the contract language because there's difference between missing games for injury, right? And then missing games for other things. So it depends on how the contract is written up. And then I wonder what they do. So like maybe they give a middle finger to Andrew Wiggins because it's Andrew Wiggins. But do the Nets give the middle finger to Kyrie Irving or do they just give him the paycheck to keep him happy? Uh, they knew what they were signing up for when they signed Kyrie and durant and durant's been better i guess like durant the whole like getting his feelings hurt we're not even gonna get through that <laughs> do you actually feel bad for kevin durant at all because he's i feel like he's the mature person in the room dealing with a bunch of children now i don't feel bad for durant i you know i don't know why that you know the warriors got so much hate because they drafted really really well and they signed one amazing key free agent like come on and durant like i don't know i, I get it like stay in where you were and don't but join live in oklahoma the city let's be honest that's true too he did a <laughs> you know what sucks too he did so much for that area and 
they just turned on him so fast. But I get I get both sides of it. Um, Kyrie, I remember when he got traded to the Celtics, and I was like, oh man, this is like a really good pickup by them, you know. And maybe he can be the face of the organization, and you know, maybe it was LeBron because you know when LeBron teams up with someone, it usually doesn't work out or something ends up. And no, that guy is just the worst. <laughs> it's just it's, that simple it's so frustrating because he's so he's a joy to watch like his ability on the basketball court is so much so much fun like his handle is just it's amazing to watch but yet he's just such a little shit as far as like his personality and i'll let you get in one second but honestly the biggest thing with him is like i feel like he genuinely believes he is smarter than everybody else so if he like sees some random video on youtube and he thinks it's true it's the truth. There's no one else can tell him it's it's not. He's the Terrell Owens of uh, of this generation right now. He is the mm, I don't even know Dennis Rodman no because he was No, cuz Rodman still played. Rodman didn't like he still showed up. Literally wherever TO went it ended up no matter how we wanted to believe when he was on the Eagles it was like, "Oh, okay, he just needed to get out of the 49ers. They're not good. Go to the Eagles." Made it worse. He went to the Cowboys. Same thing. Like it's you just can't with him. <laughs> it's frustrating, man. It's frustrating. Do you think that Kevin Durant ever like regrets that decision to go there with Kyrie? I, I know, know they're buddies. I know they're buddies, but at some point you gotta think Kevin Durant's getting a headache dealing with this guy. Well, just think too, James Harden was like, Hey, I'll leave my team to come play with you guys. <laughs> I would much rather have to deal with James Harden than Kyrie Irving because you know what James Harden is going to do? He's going to do do bad drugs and he's going to play with strippers. He's going to show up to work at least. He, he might be fat and pot-bellied, but he's going to show up. Kyrie, who knows if he's going to show up to work. What about... So, okay. Let's say it's a big rewind, right? And you have Harden, you have Westbrook and Durant all on the same team and Serge Ibaka. Serge shouldn't be looked down upon. And you have to pick one of those three. Are you still doing it the same way? <laughs> if I'm those three? No, no, no. If you're you're Presti, right? Yeah. Would you be doing the same thing? It, like, So I think from what I've heard, right, from what I've read and heard on podcast, it was never an option to keep all three. You know, Westbrook, Harden, Durant. Harden wanted out. Like, it was a situation where he was pretty much the – the Ben Simmons of, of back in the day. He did not want to, he wanted to have his own time to shine. And he was not, he wasn't the, the James Harden. He is now, he was still developing. He didn't show this promise. So I think his hand was forced with Harden. There was no way of keeping him. And they did keep the rest of the three. They did keep Ibaka. They kept Westbrook. They kept KD and it just wasn't enough. You know? Well, I don't know. That was a pretty, uh, but, um, I know when they make the 2K teams, that's a that's a fun team to, <laughs> to jump on, man. So yeah, back with the Kyrie thing, um, and as far as what's going to happen with him going forward, so there's two things. He is legitimately, has already threatened pretty much to sit out all the home games if they continue the vaccine thing with him. And also, from what I've heard from podcasts, um, and this is a podcast, so it's weird to say what I've heard on podcasts and this podcast, but he is willing to retire if they trade him away. 
So I know one of the rumors floated out there earlier was like, hey, why don't you do Ben Simmons for Kyrie? Which honestly, that would be a, a perfect fit for both, a perfect fit, fit for both teams because the Nets defense is atrocious. Um, the 76ers need someone who could space the floor and handle, which it's a match made in heaven, but Kyrie would supposedly retire if that happened. Um, so that's not going to happen. And the, the most concerning thing is that the man is like legitimately spreading conspiracy theories. Him and his mom, or not his mom, sorry, his aunt, apparently, who's speaking for him on the on the matter, is like legitimately spreading conspiracy theories. So um, I guess like there's an article in Rolling Stone about the whole Kyrie Irving and all the all these guys with the vaccine and, and the NBA. And one of the this is what's going on in Kyrie's head, apparently. So he's been following and liking a bunch of Instagram um Post of a conspiracy theorist, theorist who is like big on the idea that um, this whole vaccine thing is based on secret societies that they're implanting vaccines or they're implanting things inside of vaccines to connect black people to a master computer for a plan of Satan. So this is the type of thing that's influencing Kyrie's head. And I just I really wish that he's such a talented player. And he's so fun to watch, but I wish we didn't have to deal with this stuff with Kyrie. I just <laughs> if I if you trade him, well, he does have all the money that he needs. So if he definitely wanted to just there was also remember what was it last year? He was talking about making his own league to go up against the NBA and getting all his friends to do like the guy, it's man. Frustrating. And I, I've honestly been like a big defender of him for a very long time, but at this point, man, you can't. You know what's the craziest thing about Kyrie? What? Is he's he he is the vice president of the players union. <laughs> is he really? Yes. I don't know how he got that position, but Cuckoo Kyrie Irving, who says the earth <laughs> is flat, somehow became the vice president of the players union. Hey man. Hopefully, luckily they have the best commissioner in all of sports. Yeah. Do you know who the president is? Uh it used to be Derek Fisher. <laughs> it's a big Derek Fisher episode, huh? Yeah, Second time he's been mentioned. <laughs> it was. It used to be Derek Fisher. Who is it now? The the president is a good dude, and I I feel very good about who who's in charge is Jalen Brown. That's a real one right there. Jalen Brown's the man. Jalen Brown. I would have never guessed that. Who's he's the one. Who's the MLB one? Do you know? You're never gonna guess. He's he's not even a player anymore. <laughs> yeah, it's probably someone's irrelevant. No, I have no idea. Tony Clark. I don't know what he ever did or who he is. He's a first baseman for the ah. Detroit Tigers and for the Boston Red Sox. There you go. My man. Um, last thing about this whole thing before we move on. Man, I look at what's on my shirt right now. The Orlando Magic, the old school Orlando Magic. Orlando Magic. Tell me about your boy, Jonathan Isaac. <laughs> Bro, I am just done with Jonathan Isaac. Like... He was on some shit last summer with the whole, uh, the whole like everyone was taking a knee, you know, solidarity for the and then whole, he tore his ACL. Black Lives Matter. <laughs> he stood. He's just like not f this. Granted, like I don't, even, I don't want to get into it, but you know, he had this whole thing. I'm like, whatever, you know. I'll just, you know, I'll cut him some slack for that. Whatever. Like one, I don't agree with his stance, but you know what? You're you're allowed to have your own opinion. I'm not gonna crush you for it. Like I don't agree, but whatever. Good God! Now he's now he's on here, 
Now he's out here on some crazy shit about the vaccine. This dude is bananas, man. You want to hear some quotes from Jonathan Isaacs? I got something on my screen right now. Let's hear him. <clears throat> Jonathan Isaac goes, at the end of the day, it's people. And he says that about people, people developing the vaccines. And you can't always put your trust completely in people. I can know one person I can trust in, and that's God above all. God's got my back. That's why he's not getting the vaccine. God tore his ACL too. So. <laughs> what the? <laughs> That's a mess. <laughs> no, kind of would. Hey, uh, but yeah, I, man. I Jonathan know. Isaac just seems like he just doesn't have a lot of critical thinking skills at this point. I just, just that's some crazy shit. <laughs> what? He tore his ACL. He got hurt. If he's going to have that thought process, that's true. It bums me out that he's on our team. That's all I'm going to say. I And you know I like Jonathan Isaac like a lot. Like I was really happy when they drafted him. But I'm man. sure... I don't, and I want to say this on the front end. I'm sure Jonathan Isaac, as a person, if you if you, if you need if you needed help, I'm sure he would lend a hand. I'm sure he's a good individual, but like some of his beliefs in like, I don't know, man. He's just kind of like not thinking things fully through when it comes to his beliefs. Sometimes, well, he's also young, right? That's the hard part of the NBA. Is a lot of these kids, they're still kids. You know, they're 18, 19, 22. Like it's. It's crazy, and you're giving them a bunch of money and stuff like that, and you know they all come from different walks of life, and they all have different beliefs. So good for Jonathan Isaac, you know. I I support if that's what he he believes. Like I respect what he believes, and that's a hundred percent. But the other thing is, there's rules too in the NBA, and unfortunately, certain people are going to have to follow certain rules. Like that sucks for Kyrie. Kyrie's a you know once in a lifetime talent, and you're not going to be able to see him. But I, the other thing too is Kyrie's also very well off. He doesn't have to play if he doesn't want to. Yeah. I think my biggest thing is like, listen, there are some people out there who don't get vaccinated and they have, they have reasons, you know, and I'm for, if you have a, if you have a thought out reason and you know exactly why I'm not, you know, I don't fully agree, but like you gave me a reason. The thing with like guys like Kyrie and Jonathan Isaac it's either just they give the the line the, like the the you know they throw those lines at you. It's a personal choice. Uh, I don't want to talk about it, or they say that I need to do my research. And you know what? Those people, if you say I need to do my research, you know what that means? I'm not gonna do shit, or I'm gonna look at YouTube and watch some random ass dude, you know, in his basement, his mom's basement, talk about it. I it's just ne- it's never a reason that has actual like backing behind it, which is bananas. And I do. I do want to read a funny quote. I have two. I have one funny <laughs> quote and one one good quote to end with about the whole this whole discussion. I'm sorry, I cut you off, Mikey. No, that's fine. But the funny quote was actually another Orlando Magic player, a new Orlando Magic player, Robin Lopez. Okay. <clears throat> so when Robin Lopez was asked about how he felt about his brother Brooke Lopez winning a championship with Milwaukee, this was his quote. Robin said, I'm not sure if Milwaukee actually won a championship because he hasn't because I wasn't there and I didn't watch it. He <laughs> says he's still doing his own research and he'll let you know. But he's oh, unsure. Man. So he just kind of took a shot at all those people just being like, yeah, I do my own research. Something that's clearly a fact and like everyone knows. He's like, I don't know. I do my own research on it. 
All right. What was the other quote? <laughs> so this was uh this was just so in this Rolling Stone article I read, um, they had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, um, which he is awesome. He's a player from back in the 80s, 70s. Uh, played for the Bucks for a very long time. He's got w- wisdom beyond his his years. You know, very well thought, well spoken individual. And this was his quote on the whole, you know, issue plaguing the NBA with the vaccine. And I say plaguing, but honestly, if you think about the actual percentage of NBA players being vaccinated, 90% have been vaccinated, which is well above, um, you know, general society. So it's just a few guys here that's causing some problems, but I don't want to paint it as like it's a huge NBA problem. Anyways, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Abdul-Jabbar, he said he's quoted as saying, there is no room for players who are willing to risk the health and lives of their teammates the staff and the fans simply because they're unable to grasp the seriousness of the situation or do the necessary research. What I find especially disingenuous about the vaccine deniers is their ignorance at disbelieving immunology and other medical experts. Yet if their child was sick or themselves needed emergency medical treatment, how quickly would they do the exact, do exactly what those experts told them to do? I mean, I, th- I feel like he nailed it with that quote, you know, like you're going to deny on the front end, but if you needed the help and you needed the medical assistance, you would go right to those experts for the help. So it's just being super disingenuous in your stance. Yeah, I like I said, I respect people's rights and it is like it is what it is. Um, the NBA, I hope they can figure stuff out so everybody gets to play and fans get to watch and we've come a long way since the pandemic started so having you know the luxuries of having the nba on and having the nfl and mlb and nhl even though we never talk about the nhl uh, you know it's it's important to understand that we're very fortunate as a country to to have all these great athletes compete and be able to watch and i remember not being able to watch for a while and it did suck and you know the players had to go into a bubble and all this stuff so you know hopefully um things work out we've made some real progress and kind of excited to see what the season's going to bring this year so let's go magic (laughs) let's go magic jonathan isaac (laughs) i'd be very happy if we finished that last and got our first overall pick again I remember. Wait, weren't you not happy about the first pick this year? Isn't he doing well? I heard he was. He was like training with. Uh, was it Westbrook? Who was he training with? Are you talking about Cade Cunningham? No, our guy. Oh, Jalen Suggs. Yeah, I, I'm okay with Jalen Suggs. I'm I'm interested to see how it goes as far as the season when it starts. Which, by the way, comes right around the corner. Um, October fourth is some of the first preseason games. I believe the Magic play the Celtics. Uh, we should go to that. I love, yeah, absolutely. But I also love the, just that time of year, right? You have baseball going on, you have football and getting kind of in the thicker of things. And then, uh, you know, you have the NBA going, then you have the hot stove and then the HOL, uh, the the NHL people. I feel bad for that. The NHL is a good league. Like it's just not, (laughs) no one cares. I I don't know. I can't tell you who's good anymore or anything like that. The Red Wings haven't been good in a long time. So, yeah. Tampa Bay Lightnings, and I know they're good. I guess but, I did they just win back to bash? <laughs> oh, wow. Good for them. Yeah. 
So I will uh, let you decide where you want to go with the last little segment before we get out of here or before the closing thoughts. Um, I know you wanted to, I know next week is a huge week for us for baseball. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast, next week's going to be pretty much 100% baseball, but there are a few interesting things still before the season wraps up. So I don't know if you want to touch on those or we talk about some of the, some of the NFL things um, going on from this past weekend or maybe coming up weekend. Yeah, I'm not sure. I think the NFL, I'd like to talk more about. Yeah, because we're going to have a huge baseball. I can be real quick with the baseball thing. There's five teams vying for two spots in the AL wild card, and this could be the first time ever that you're going to have to see um, a bunch of teams have to play in one day a couple of times to figure out who makes the actual playoff. So. It's just exciting. And right now, for instance, um, when the sixth inning and the Yankees are beating the Blue Jays and they're two of the teams, and you got the Red Sox, the A's, and the Mariners. And the Mariners and the A's are playing tonight too. So besides that, there's not much to talk about till next week with uh, us finally getting to iron out all of the MLB stuff. So what about football? <laughs> so one thing that I thought that was amazing is that we had a, a show that was pretty heavily – football focus last week and we made like some i don't want to say predictions but we kind of like laid out some things that we thought would happen in the nfl season and good god man we were just like on the fucking money last week <laughs> so we we played like an nfl uh buy sell game where you like buy you know bought team stock or sold team stock depending on how you they would do and uh so we also did a segment where we, we bought and sold players and our friend Emmanuel is not here, one of the co-hosts of this podcast. But I, I, I can't believe this happened. Is that he was being a little shithead, and he he, <laughs> he bought, he wanted to say, "I'm I'm big on Justin Tucker. He's gonna have a great week coming up. I'm buying Justin Tucker stock right now," because we were talking about how we hated kickers or something like that. And he was just being an asshole and said Justin Tucker all the way. And of course, as soon as he does that, the very next week. Justin Tucker broke the NFL record for the longest kick ever made at 66 yards. Wait, can I just say this? Do you know that there's like this stock market thing in real life that you can buy players and sell them like price wise? I'm not kidding. You can look it up. Like you can buy shares of players for a certain amount of money and then trade them and get money for it. That's so random. So, But no, I wonder if Emmanuel put so much money <laughs> <laughs> on him and that's why he's not here he's just rolling in the dough maybe he's, 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 he's to get the the money from this podcast anymore well in in canada they can't travel too many places so there's only maybe he got a mansion that's a cottage in nova <laughs> maybe, scotia and that that that's where he is you know but uh yeah that was pretty crazy what else did we get right or was that it so there was a couple i i said that uh i think the steelers are frauds and I sold all my Steelers stock, stock. And I said that in that division, I think Steelers would finish last below the Bengals. And the Steelers got smoked by the Bengals. They are dead last right now. They look <laughs> terrible. So I got that one. I feel good. But they used the uh, the football uh, game for the afternoon game, the 430 game. Used your stat on the uh, the broadcast. Now, I don't think they were listening to the Big Up Balls podcast. I think they were, though. <laughs> they might have been. They may have been listening to us. But you said that Sean McVay was 32-0 and 0 after halftime when leading. And I shit you not, when they went to halftime, 
<laughs> that it was like a graphic on the bottom, like a big graphic saying that exact wording. And I was like, oh man, Mikey, you had something there. I have a quick question with the Patriots playing the Bucks right now, right? Who's more important, Trudeau? Is it the coach or the quarterback? I mean, I know there's a long pause, but I think they're equally important. It's a I'm copping out on that one. But if you have a great quarterback and an awful coach, you're probably gonna have a, a miserable offensive scheme. And vice versa. I mean, look at Sean McVay with Jared Goff. Jared Goff is bad, but yet Sean McVay somehow takes him to the Super Bowl by making an amazing scheme. Same thing with maybe Jimmy Garoppolo in San Francisco. So I think both could have a very pivotal role. If you're thinking about, if you're going to talk about Brady and Belichick in particular, Belichick does not call the offense. So I'm going Brady as far as that is concerned. Okay. So do you think that Bruce Arians just like, they just have him have a walkie talkie, like, you know, like, you know, one of those toys that just keep a, like a little kid, <laughs> you know, I will say this about Bruce distracted. Arians. No, no. I think Bruce Arians is a super underrated coach. Because he, with the Colts, he had an amazing season with Andrew Luck. Took them to the playoffs. I believe they were 12-4 and four when he was uh, filling in as head coach. And then he took Carson Palmer, who was washed up in, in um, the Cardinals, and made him like a near-MVP candidate. And now he's doing this with Brady. So clearly he has a track record of doing it in place after place after place. I think Arians is a legit coach. But it definitely helps when you have a quarterback that can make every throw in the book in Tom Brady. And also, their skilled players are just unfair. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so there you have it. Are you excited for the game this weekend? Are you going to watch uh, the the reunion of Belichick and Brady? No, it's it's getting built up here like crazy. You knew it would. Um, is it in Foxborough or is it in Tampa? Yeah, it's in Foxborough. And actually, the, the, resale, the resale tickets are like going for Super Bowl prices right now. I'll That's actually look crazy. it up as, as you as you talk, but yeah, I don't I don't know. What was the last time you went to a football game yourself? Was it with me? <laughs> with you? With you? Was it Pick and my cousin Jordan? Remember? <laughs> I believe that was my twenty first birthday. Is the Rams yeah. versus the Patriots? Patriots, which was Pre-season. at this point it was like eleven years ago, <laughs> and I'm I'm pretty sure I got so drunk at that game that I passed out in the stadium in my seat by like the second quarter. You missed a hell of a preseason game. (laughs) So actually, wow, the tickets for this game have gone down significantly in value. So you can get into the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, New England Patriots game for $335 a pop, which I believe before the season, the minimum value to get into that game was like $1,200. Put it away and go to the one wild card game. <laughs> or or take that six hundred dollars, buy four Litecoin. <laughs> Couple of years you can buy the Patriots. We okay, first off, this is not an investment show. We do not <laughs> this is all entertainment. Any advice that Steve gives you about any kind of investing is pure speculation. Especially if it's crypto, fun. avoid it. I think you're better, off, crypto. you're better off going to that website and buying a bunch of that Justin Turner stock. What was it? Tucker stock? That guy? Yeah. That'll be a good one. Once again, pure entertainment just for fun. 
by the way, um, before we before we move on to the last thing, I just wanted I was gonna tell you an Emmanuel before uh, the podcast, but I totally forgot to mention it to you. Uh, as you know, we have a segment around here called the Big Baller Bucket. Oh God! And we all hate it dearly. Basically, if you're new to the proceedings, which many of you probably are. Um, during the basketball season, we want to spice things up and we have a bucket that we draw from and we get assigned teams. Uh, and these teams we have for two weeks. And if they have a losing record, we have to pay a penalty or, you know, some sort of punishment on the podcast itself. So we're bringing it back this season. It'll start up when the (laughs) basketball season starts up. And I actually updated some of the punishments. So we knocked out about seven or eight last year. Some of them were really bad. Like, a man, for example, Emmanuel, um, he had to put peanut butter all over his face for one episode, which is, I don't know why he picked that one, but it was pretty disgusting. Uh, so we got rid of a bunch of punishments and we've added a few new ones to the show. So if you like the podcast, um, a lot of these will probably be, probably be done this year. And if you're just a listener, you might miss some of the visual ones. So I do say... Check out uh, our YouTube page and Twitch page so you can see all of the visual punishments. So, Mikey, would you like to know some of the new punishments that are on the agenda for this year? Not right now. I want to. I want to hear it tomorrow with. I mean, next time with Emmanuel. All right. All right. Can I give you like one or spice one or two just to give give the fans a little something? Because I built this up for like a good minute and a half. Do do one. <laughs> all right. I gotta find a good one. Do you like a. a- Ben Simmons getting traded to the Rockets one. <laughs> All right, I got one. I got I got one to give give because we're on Reddit as well. So this one's a good one. So one punishment that I add to the board is you have to submit a photo of yourself to our roast me. And if you're not familiar with our roast me, basically, <laughs> basically people just say messed up things and just are so mean and hurtful to you. And you have to submit your photo to our roast me, and then on the podcast live, read all the mean things people <laughs> said about you. So it's like a mean tweet segment. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I I will be avoiding that one like the plague. Hopefully, Emmanuel picks that one. That one would be really funny. Luca would be good for that one. Yeah, I mean they they say some terrible things, and also uh, <laughs> don't don't think we forgot Luca, uh, Brian Picanisco. Jimmy Gilchrist, <laughs> you three still owe punishments from last you year. You know what we should do? We should have those three, right? Yeah. Right? Put them into a bigger, their own little bucket, pull them out, and then do it ourselves. And read out the tweets that, read out the what they say about their picture. We can submit one of their pictures. I feel like if we do that, though, they have to be on the show so we can read them to them. Yeah, that's what we'll do. Okay. <laughs> we'll invite them. We'll plan a whole episode where we just read mean mean comments to each other. <laughs> I think and I think that will get even more people interested in <laughs> watching because I would definitely tune in just to see what they have to say about Jimmy Pickett. Oh God. Luca. I just want to avoid that. I'm gonna avoid that punishment by all costs because that the people on Reddit like love y'all. But you guys can be mean. So I'm avoiding that one. We got it. I'm telling you, we have to do it for them. Like we have to give them because you know what happens when you're you don't pay your stuff, man. Yeah, consequences. I think think it's a good idea. 
So we'll we'll schedule an episode. We get all those on, all those guys on. We'll just torch them. I think that's what they need to hear. They need some honesty. All right. Well, I think we're about about out of time today. Um, so we will hit our last cl- uh, last uh, segment called the closing thoughts. And just for those that are unaware, closing thoughts are pretty much our last segment where we get to have the freedom to say whatever we want. Everyone gets like three minutes to just kind of say whatever they haven't been able to say during the episode. It's either a funny story, maybe just a random thought, whatever they really want. That's their time to shine. So now it's time for closing thoughts. Now it's time for closing thoughts. Great. Like we need to hear more of what you guys have to say. All right. So I will start today and give you time to think. I have a baseball one for you, Mikey. Oh, sweet. I have a football one for you, Steven. <laughs> That's what friends are for. So I have one, a one story from this week about my beloved Tampa Bay Rays. I don't know if you've heard this yet. I don't yeah. know. I got to hear it first. All right. So... There was a player, a very famous player, who played a couple seasons at the end of his career for the Tampa Bay Rays. You might know him as Wade Boggs. Okay. Well, for some reason, they gave him a little statue inside Tropicana Field because, I mean, let's be honest, the Rays don't really have a lot of good players in their franchise, so you got to put somebody's statue in there. Well, there's a, there's a statue of Wade Boggs in a batting stance. So he's got his arms tucked back, bats back. It's a beautiful batting stance. Well some little kid decided he wanted to take a picture with the Wade Bog statue and he stuck his head through the arms of the batting <laughs> stance. No big deal. Like, you know, kids do darn things. Unfortunately for this child, head got in, head did not come out. Oh, His my head goodness. got stuck in the Wade Bog statue at, Tamp- at Tropicana Field. They had to get security. They had to grease the statue, get the kid's head out. <laughs> the best part about this whole thing is at the stadium now at Tropicana Field, they have the Wade Bog statue, like cosh police caution tape <laughs> all over the arms so kids don't stick their heads in. So one other reason besides the baseball to visit Tropicana Field, if you don't like the baseball, which not, not a lot of people do, stick your head inside the arms and have a good day for yourself. Tampa Bay did, Rays. Did they like, what's the repercussions? Are like the parents not allowed to like go? I don't. <laughs> I don't think they'll have any repercussions because, you know, Tampa Bay, they're just happy someone showed up at the stadium. So come right back. Dude, Tampa needs to do a better job putting something out there for the kids. Give them a jungle gym <laughs> or something. Like Dodger Stadium has like this trampoline thing that they can jump on that's in like the shape of an L.A. Come on, Tampa. Do what's right, man. That No wonder they want to play half their games in Montreal. <laughs> Acting uh... like a fool. All right, so you got some football for me? I do. All right. So I don't know if you've heard this story. A child in Tennessee, University of Tennessee, got made fun of for his homemade University of Tennessee t-shirt. Oh, I know where you're going. This is a great story. So the University of Tampa, uh, Tampa of Tennessee made it their official shirt. The entire band is wearing it, and they sold 16 thousand shirts to top that they gave the child a four-year scholarship how crazy is that that's a sick story that is awesome that is a school doing something awesome for a kid that really needed it 
like imagine loving a school that much and then they're like yeah and you get to go here he's committed <laughs> think about it he literally committed to his university at such a young age don't bully people man got it jonathan isaac don't bully people <laughs> that's right and ladies and gentlemen i want to thank you for listening to the we got balls podcast today remember if you're watching live on reddit YouTube, Twitch, please subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. Make sure that we know you're listening. So we got Balls Podcast. Find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you find your podcast. And vice versa, if you're listening on the podcast, if you want to see us our faces live, follow our Twitch at We Got Balls Podcast or YouTube channel We Got Balls Podcast. You'll get reminders and see us live every week. We do this thing once a week. Hopefully our good friend Emmanuel Pacheco is healed and ready to go for next week. We love him. We miss him. But for everybody else, peace out. Who's it going to? Canada. It says, Dear Canada, you.